what would it look like if a child could know this at age four, five, right? And get to live their life knowing and being in relationship and living from their self. I'm really excited to get to talk to you about this book that you wrote called Heart of Gold. It's so sweet. We were just chatting a little bit about it before we hit record. And I was sharing with you that I have a almost four-year-old son and mm-hmm. I'm excited to be able to finally take the book home after our conversation and read it to him. Cause I, I do feel like this is a beautiful message, which we'll get into talking more about what those messages are from this book, but this is a beautiful message for especially children to hear. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I wanted to start with kind of your journey though, to IFS, because I'm always so curious to hear people's journey to IFS specifically. Do you care to share what that has been? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, I was just starting my private practice and found a PESI training uh, that I thought had a great title, something Mm -hmm. about healing trauma, and uh, it was with Rena Dubin. Um, So it was my first IFS experience. It was in person in 2019, and just right away, I was like hooked as this really feels like it fits with, you know, at that time, I was also doing a lot of Buddhist meditation. It just really fit with like spiritually and personally how I was kind of seeing the world and seeing myself. And I thought, oh, wow, now there's a therapy model out there that I can do like professionally with my clients that can offer some of those same healing concepts. So I think it was a month later, I was at Psychotherapy Networker that's usually hosted here in DC at their conference. And saw Dick Schwartz in person, saw Frank Anderson in person. And like after that, I was just totally trying to get every training I could get in IFS. And, you know, I did the circle while I was waiting to Mm -hmm. get into level one since, you know, that's really hard to get into enough to get into it um, in 2021. And then uh, so I did my level one in 2021, which is also when I wrote the book. And then Mm. in 2022, I took my level two. You know, it's funny. We have like the exact same timeline. (laughs) Oh, really? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I always have to like look back at my like documentation yeah. of my own life, but right, right. I'm like, wait, when did I do my level one? But I'm pretty sure I finished my level one. Yeah. In 2021. And mm-hmm. then I finished my level two in 2022. Okay. Who did, do you remember who you took your level one with? Oh yeah. It was, um, Anne Cinco and Leslie Petruk. So, um, I that took was mine. It. Oh really? Oh, that's yeah. so funny. Yeah. Mine was so Anne I was and Leslie. April. I started in April. I started on my birthday, actually. I remember April 9th and then um, finished in August. Okay. Now I'm trying to, okay. I think I finished, we weren't in the same training. Right. Right. Yeah. I would remember (laughs) you. But a part of me just now was like, wait, were we in the, no, we were not, we were not in the same training, but that's funny that we both had Ancinko and Leslie Petrick. Yeah. I, mine finished, mine was like, maybe I started in 2020. And, okay. then it, and then it, and I think and I started in 2020 and in mine, okay. it ended in 2021 because then when I got into a level two, cause you know, they want you to wait like a right. certain amount of time in mm-hmm. between each mm-hmm. training. And it sounds like maybe like you, I, I kind of got in very lucky. Like, mm-hmm. I think it was like eight months right. or something. Who did you take your level two with? 
Pam Krause and oh. um, Carmen Jimenez Diaz. Yeah. It was for children and adolescents. They've only done it once. So. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really yeah. neat. And it's just so cool, right? That like they offer in the level twos, for those of you listening that don't know, like the level, the level one is like the big, the really big one. It takes okay. like almost a year to complete and it okay. covers kind of the big gist of IFS. So a lot of people can take the level one and be done and not necessarily have to go to the level two or the level three, Mm -hmm. but like the level twos offer these like specialized niches, which is, I think is just so cool. So it's really neat. Yeah. You were able to take one specifically targeting children and adolescents. Yeah. Yeah. It was really wonderful. And so from that, then, or I guess kind of rewinding, going back a little bit further though, like before 2019, how long had you been a therapist practicing? So, um, I graduated from school for social work in 2010. Um, and I took a few years off with my first child and then I was working in a school as a social worker there. So I wasn't in private practice until 2019 and then I, well, 2018, I guess. And then, um, and so that's kind of when, um, so I was operating there, like kind of doing therapy using more like other kinds of modalities. And then that's really when I find IFS. Okay. Yeah. And I'm always curious, you know, do you feel like, was it easy for you to transition into the IFS modality (laughs) or was did you, yeah. Or did you feel like maybe there were parts of you that, and I always speak from my own experience (laughs) when I ask this question Mm -hmm. of like, Mm -hmm. yeah, there were parts of me that had kind of an awkward transition time mm-hmm. a little bit, trying yeah. to at least figure out how to weave some things together. Sure. So I'm just curious, how was that for you or how has it yeah. been for you? <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, in so many ways it felt really easy because it just really aligned with like how I was experiencing myself in the world and kind of how I think about what can be healing to people. Um, so in that way, it felt easy, but definitely there were parts of me that worried like, how are people going to respond to this? Are they going to think it's weird that I'm talking about their parts or are they going to think it's weird that I'm asking them to talk to themselves in this way? Right. And, and I just had to trust like what my trainers would say, like, you just got to kind of try it and do it and play around with it and see what happens and make it your own. And I think that's been really helpful. Yeah. And what were the types of maybe therapy styles or modalities you were using before you found out about IFS? Yeah. So I was trained mostly in psychodynamic. Um, and then also I have some CBT. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. And I think the piece that really struck me about IFS was while I was doing that, I really struggled with this idea that like I was somehow supposed to be this expert and like know what to do and like find the problem. Yeah. And, like, say, oh yeah, like I'm going to make this profound interpretation. Like everything's going to be better. Mm -hmm. Your whole life is going to change. Right. And it just really was unsettling. I think, I mean, I was a newer therapist and I was like, how am I supposed to be an expert? And that just didn't feel right to me. Right. This expectation that I would somehow be able to like know this person and make these interpretations. So 
that's what I really, I think right away for IFS just really took all that pressure away. It was like, we're not the experts. Like Mm -hmm. we're simply a guide for our clients, right? To, Mm -hmm. they have everything inside of themselves they need to be able to heal. We just have to help them get access to that, right? And that's incredibly powerful to think about. And, um, And so in line with you know, meditation and Buddhist psychology and things like that, that, so I think that was the piece that, in fact, it was easy for me in many ways. I was like, oh, now I can let this pressure go. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. have to be this expert that I really didn't feel like I was living up to. Yeah. Oh, no, I completely resonate with what you're saying in that piece of, Mm -hmm. because I do feel like that's kind of a a traditional way of training and psychotherapy and just in psychology of like, you're the expert you're there yeah to analyze and give these mm-hmm. profound interpretations mm-hmm. <laughs> and answers and all of this stuff and and that's how you know psychologists have been portrayed in media for a very right. long time and mm-hmm. and so absolutely i for me as well it was like when i found ifs and really you know got to understand it it was like this i think for my manager some of my manager parts mm-hmm. that Mm-hmm. In the past, were leading the therapy sessions with positive mm-hmm. intention. They were kind, of, and I think that was kind of for those parts. That's when I speak about the transition for me mm-hmm. going into this way of doing it. It was noticing and bringing awareness to those parts within me that were used to taking the reins mm-hmm. in therapy sessions, in particular, and doing things a certain way with clients. Right. And then it was like this shift (laughs) of they were being invited to kind of take a back seat or, Mm -hmm. you know, sit next to me or behind me or leave the room if they want, you know, and that was, that was weird. Right. Yeah. (laughs) It was weird. Definitely definitely something to, you know, it's a practice, right. And being Mm -hmm. able to, you know, develop that relationship and trust with all of your parts so that when you're in the room, right, you can um, really show up more self-led, right? In that way. Yeah, exactly. Yep, yeah, that's exactly right. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm also curious to hear more about your background in Buddhist meditation and mm-hmm. mindfulness. Talk yeah. about that. Yeah. So um, it was, that was in grad school that I really started getting introduced to it. And um, I started um, really following Tara Brock and listening mm-hmm. to her. She's uh, lives nearby. And so she has a weekly Wednesday meditation um, that used to be in person. And yeah, and, and really, you know, she was the person who introduced me to this concept of having a heart of gold, you know, and this idea that like, we are essentially good inside, right? Yeah. That was really not something I knew um, until I was in my 30s and, and kind of learning from her. And it was really profound, right? I, you know, and now kind of knowing IFS, I understand, like, I had so many managers on, on board, like, really achieving at high levels, really performing, really kind of covering up those vulnerabilities of myself that I felt, mm-hmm. you know, unlovable. I felt like I was bad. Right. And, and so when I, you know, she tells this story, which is the inspiration for this book in many ways. So it, there's a, a Buddha that's in, um, I don't know if you've heard this story that she's told, but yeah, so I it's, love it, uh, but please uh, tell it because yes, I, I love yeah. it so much. <laughs> I know. So it's a, you know, a plaster Buddha, really large Buddha. It's not really the best looking Buddha, but everybody it's beloved in this temple. And I think they're moving it or something and a crack appears. 
And they peer through the crack and inside they find this pure golden Buddha. I think it's maybe even like the largest golden Buddha ever. That's what I've heard about it. Yeah. Yeah. And the way she talks about that is this idea of, you know, really that's who we all are. Like the truth of who we are is this golden Buddha or golden heart, right? Within us. And, um, and the plaster is, you know, all of these beliefs about ourselves that we put on top of ourselves, right? That we, you know, that aren't true. They aren't the truth of who we are, but it, but then we become identified with them, right? So like, oh, I'm a perfectionist or I'm somebody who's depressed or I'm somebody who's shy or whatever it is, right? We put these coverings on ourselves um, and then we become identified with them. So when we can peel back those layers, right? Mm-hmm. We really get to know like the truth of who we are is this beautiful golden heart, yeah. I remember yeah. I heard her tell that story on, mm-hmm. I don't know if it was a podcast or like one of her mm-hmm. guided meditation talks that I was mm-hmm. listening to online. And, and I'm, yeah. And she, she shared that story and I was like, oh, wow, this really, that really resonated with me. And I have found it to be a, a, a great way to share with clients and like other people mm-hmm. that I'm talking with as kind of a, a great way to better understand this. <laughs> yes. I, yeah, like, I absolutely yeah. agree. Yeah. It's such a, a beautiful metaphor, right. For what we're trying to explain happens to us. Right. Yeah. That when in under times, cause I think another part of the story and correct me if I'm wrong, is that within the city in which the statue was in its, in its original golden form, there mm-hmm. was like a threat coming their way. Right. And so they covered it with plaster mm-hmm. and mm-hmm that did prevent any harm in the sense of the statue being stolen or vandalized or something like that by the intruders coming in at the time. And when I heard that I, and then in IFS language, I was like, Oh, okay. So in times of trauma, you know, hard times stressors, it's like that plaster is also representative of, like you were saying, these protector parts and also wounds and things like that, that can cover up that that gold, that right. sunshine, however you want to look mm-hmm. at it, this mm-hmm. ourself. And over time, we can forget. There can be this forgetting. Right. Kind of like what happened within the city in which the statue right. was in. They forgot. Right. Oh, this statue's made of gold. They just kept it as plaster until, like you said, one day it cracked and they looked in there and they were like, oh my gosh, it's made of gold. <laughs> right. Exactly. So yeah, I I, I really love that story that she shares. And when I read your book, I was reminded of that before I knew your connection with her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then yeah. when I got deeper into learning about you and even seeing, I think she wrote, she like gave a, a review of your she book. Did. And yeah. I was like, oh, this makes so much sense. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was definitely right. The huge inspiration for the story. And um, yeah. And then I think, you know, my, my attempt in the book was so, you know, that was, that teaching was just so profound to me personally. And then once I found out about IFS and the qualities of self, and I was like, well, this is totally aligned. And I want kids to know about this, like much earlier than I got to know, right? I was in my 30s. What would it look like if a child could know this at age four, Mm. five, right? And get to live their life knowing and being in relationship and living from their self, right? That's really why I wrote the book. And so, Mm. 
you know, my book is really this attempt um, to combine those two ideas, right? This Buddhist meditation piece around who the truth of who we are and self, which I think is very aligned with that. And what are those qualities, right? And what's within Mm -hmm. your heart of gold, right? Your compassion, your courage, Mm -hmm. right? Your curiosity. Absolutely. And, and it's very well done within the book. And in one of my questions was like, what does the heart of gold represent? Yeah. 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 <laughs> it represents self. Right. With a with a capital yeah. S. And I I do think it's interesting and not a coincidence that there's such overlaps in, like you were saying, kind of the Buddhist teachings and right. you know, mindfulness and you know, there's other teachings out there where and including IFS, where there is mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, it has various names, but it is self. Right. And that inherent goodness and compassion. And mm-hmm. like you're saying, all those eight C's. I just think it's interesting, like as I go back and start to read other books that I had read before, mm-hmm. but now having this IFS lens, Mm-hmm. it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. I can see again, you know, these similar themes and right. um, ways of looking at ourselves, but we just have different ways of maybe labeling them. Right. Communicating them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I, I don't know if Anne Cinco said this in your training, but she said, you know, once you see it this way, it's really hard to unsee it. And I, that's really been my experience, right? Once I got that IFS lens of seeing things, I mean, that's really how kind of I conceptualize my clients, right? Even mm-hmm. if I'm not maybe going through the six Fs or whatever it is, right? The different techniques, I'm still really understanding them from this fr- framework and what I'm seeing and um, knowing that I'm talking to parts and things like that and and understanding where where we're trying to get to, right? To them mm-hmm. having more access to their self and um developing a better relationship with themselves. And for me personally too, I think it's it's really how I experience myself now. I kind of like walk through the world like in conversation, right, with myself a lot of the time. Like, oh, yeah. oh here I am, like blended with a part. I need some space, I need some time, you know, time with this part, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you mentioned that you felt like you didn't come to that understanding of your heart of gold, your self energy within until your thirties. Right. Yeah. So it took a, yeah, it took, you know, and I'm really, I feel really blessed that I encountered these teachings, right. That, um, from Buddhist meditation first and now from IFS and, and IFS too, is really, I'm in IFS therapy as well. And, and that's really deepened my healing, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. I was in therapy for a long time, 20 years, probably before I'm, I started IFS therapy and, and, and it was talk therapy and it was really helpful. And I understood things on an intellectual basis for sure. And I think that that was an important piece of, of my healing, but what I've able to achieve in IFS therapy is so much deeper and so much, you know, it's really this way of, this profound shift in just how I am, right? It's mm-hmm. I, it's not that I have to think differently or even um, make any energy to be, it really is that I am different. I've made these um, internal shifts in myself. Oh yeah. Again, yeah. I completely can relate mm-hmm. to what you're saying. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think back to my time as a therapist, like in my twenties mm-hmm. and, and again, I have a lot of compassion for where I was at. 
just Mm -hmm. in my personal life and also professionally. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. and I, I also, I think about like the people who maybe who are being trained in something like IFS, like from graduate school, if they're Mm -hmm. kind of that early Mm twenties, you know, age. And I'm curious to know as it becomes more, I think, available in that sense in graduate schools in terms of IFS, I'm curious to know maybe how that is going to, I don't know if that has some sort of type of ripple effect or just Mm -hmm. kind of just like over time, I'm just curious to know like what that's going to evolve and look like for healers and guides and therapists Mm -hmm. and such, because Mm -hmm. yeah, I feel like for a lot of us in terms of our age and older, we weren't introduced to it, like we're saying until right you know being 10 years right, <laughs> or, right. or or 8 years or something or for some people that i know who are therapists i mean like 40 years like into their career right. and then right. they're like oh wait yeah. a minute what is this and then, right. and then it's like <laughs> it's like oh wow okay this is again it's almost like a a way that we just have innately within us but mm-hmm. it's not what we were trained in terms of how to do it right so yeah and, and it sounds like would you say the intention that you had in writing this book, Heart of Gold. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What was the intention? Yeah. I mean, I think, well, as I was writing it, I I actually wrote it right after my first weekend of level one. So I'd done four days of it and, um, and it was percolating, you know, I had this story that I love so much that Tara had taught and, and then I, you know, was like, wow, you know, I was, I remember like being in the shower sometimes and I'd be like, gosh, these, I just want to like write a book about like how these are so aligned and like, I want kids to know this, you know, and I didn't know this and this is so powerful and healing. And, and so I sat down after my level one, I actually wrote it in, in like 20 minutes sitting on my couch here. It just really was this Mm. amazing experience where it just came out of me. It was Mm. just like, this is a story I need to tell. And I want to tell and, and, um, and definitely in my mind, you know, I had myself as a young girl thinking about what did I wish I had been told, right? But really who I wanted to read the book, like I had, you know, specific children in mind, definitely my own three children, you know, were, were really front of mind and the kids I worked with in therapy because I found, mm-hmm. you know, kids would come to me, they were struggling, right? They had big feelings, they had anger, they were having trouble in school, having trouble at home. And, and I just saw them really beginning to worry, like, am I a bad kid? Mm. Right? Am I bad? Right? Um, That shame is so easy to get to, right? And I just really wanted to communicate like any way I could that they are not bad. They mm. are good kids having a hard time, right? Yeah. They are essentially good. Um, they are loving, compassionate beings that they are gifts to the world, right? That is what I wanted my kids to know and mm. my clients to know. And and I think, you know, that's why I wrote the book. That was really my intention so that, you know, all kids really could know this from a very early age. That's such a beautiful intention <laughs> to, <laughs> Thank you. yeah, to have that be kind of the driving force it sounds like of writing it and I love it that you're like yeah I wrote it in 20 minutes <laughs> as I was sitting on my couch yeah. you know that it, it sounds like it was something building up and growing inside yes. of you yeah. and then just you know being able to yeah. birth it in yes. that moment yeah <laughs> yeah. 
and yeah. that it doesn't have to always take years and years and years, you know, uh, that there are some projects that take that and that require mm-hmm. that and maybe need mm-hmm. that in terms of the process. Right. But in other ones, sometimes it's just here it is. Here it is. Yeah. And that intention of trying to invite every child to hear that message that they are good. Yeah. And that they have that goodness inside of them and that love. And yeah, for some of the kids, it sounds like that you were working with, mm-hmm. they were really needing to hear that. And maybe they weren't. Right. Exactly. I really want them to know that people have this essential goodness within them, right? This self, this loving, compassionate presence, right? That can be a resource to them, right? And that they can live their life from. It can offer so much um, healing to themselves. And um, really, when they live from that place, like there's just so much beauty and power that's possible for them, right? And how they kind of walk through the world. And I also think what's so important for the parent, for parents to recognize too, like when their kids are blended with different parts, anger, anxiety, right? Parents then become blended with their parts. They're anxious and angry. Mm -hmm. And if you can kind of recognize that dynamic and both step back for a moment and really see, get in touch with your own heart of gold and your goodness. And like, you're doing a great job as a parent and this is really hard. And, you know, the child also like seeing through your child's eyes, their goodness, right? It really can make some of those really difficult moments uh, a lot easier, right? To kind of just have that perspective and that remembering and knowing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, I'm I'm glad that you just brought that up in terms of the parents because in the back of my mind, that was something that was just kind of like bubbling up was like, mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of, at first it was, talking about, or maybe like, oh, let's talk about the messages that a child would receive from this, but Mm -hmm. it's also going to be the parents or caregivers Mm -hmm. reading this book to their kid. And as they're reading it, Mm -hmm. they Mm -hmm. too are going to be receiving a message. Right. And like you said, that message of even in the midst of a child's temper and Mm -hmm. whatever it is that they're expressing that might be then activating parts within the caregiver. Mm-hmm. It is having that understanding, like you just said, that there is this heart of gold, there is this self in every single one of us. Mm-hmm. And especially as a caregiver, as a parent, if we can connect with mm-hmm. our self energy, that's right. going to be impactful and have an impact on our kid. Absolutely. The kids that we're working with or the kids mm-hmm. that, yeah, that we yeah. are raising ourselves and being around. Yeah. And I think that that's a beautiful reminder for parents. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think too, lately, how I've been talking about the book with my own kids too, is, you know, if, if the truth is right, if we really believe in this, that we are all essentially good inside, right. That means that everyone we encounter in the world is good inside. Yeah. And so what, how does that shift how you might interact with a kid who's next to you at class, like maybe being a little noisy or disruptive or whatever. How does that shift how you experience somebody in the grocery store line who might be a little aggravated or something Mm. like that, right? If we can really kind of just have this way of being with others and seeing them for the truth of who they are, right? It really, I think, could bring a lot more just compassion, right, to the world, which I think would be, you know, that would be really be my hope that we could really do that. Yeah. That was the, the word that was coming to my mind was compassion and Mm -hmm. 
the power that that word has is so deep mm-hmm. that both in like the self-compassion that we have for mm-hmm. ourselves, mm-hmm. that is so important and healing and, and magical and all of that. But also like you were just saying, the compassion that we can have for other people. Right. And I'll tell you personally, that has been something that has been very impactful for me mm-hmm. is being able in those moments, let's say, I always think about like driving in traffic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Where <laughs> someone, uh, you know, cuts you off or does something that just activates like your nervous system. And then those mm-hmm. parts of you that just want to, you know, get really angry. Mm-hmm. And now it's, it's not to say that those don't still get activated within me. It will get activated And then it's like, I can recognize it and I can talk to those parts from that place of self and being like, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know what they got going on. Right. Right. Exactly. I don't know what they got going on. Uh, They may have just not even been aware and they had no intention of Mm -hmm. potentially causing me harm, you know? And and so it's just like, and then, like you said, knowing that they are, they have this self energy within them. And whether it's traffic or like you said, being in line somewhere and someone's blended with a part of them that is angry and frustrated and is being really rude. Mm-hmm. It's like, we can stand there and and be with that person with that understanding of like, okay, this is a part of them mm-hmm. that is feeling like it needs to be activated in this moment right now for whatever reason. Right. And it doesn't excuse abusive or potentially harmful behavior but it does help in that moment as the receiver or the witnesser mm-hmm. to not then get, I feel like hijacked or blended right, with parts of us. And, and instead, like you're saying, be connected to that kind of calm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Qualities of self. And I, so yeah, I feel like that has been mm-hmm. so powerful for me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right. And I think the other piece of self in those moments too. Like once we can do that for ourselves and see people in that way, it might also, you know, it gives us space from that anger to listen and be like, oh, does a boundary need to be set here? Mm -hmm. Do I need to say something, right? We can listen to the wisdom of our parts Mm -hmm. um, without getting so activated, right? Like you were talking about. Exactly. To speak, one thing that Dick said, I think he said this in our level two, maybe, was he said, you know, don't confuse the self for being passive mm-hmm. because he was like, the self is also courageous and confident right. and, mm-hmm. and can be assertive, but with that calm, right. Steady energy. Right. And that's always stuck with me because mm-hmm. I do feel like I get sometimes clients asking, you know, so am I just supposed to just let things just happen to me? And it's like, mm-hmm. well, no, mm-hmm. no. Right. Right there, like you just said, there's it's being able to be present with whatever is happening Mm -hmm. with that self energy, that clarity, that confidence, that courage to if you do need to stand up and say something, set a boundary, Mm -hmm. be assertive, that you can do that. And it comes from that self rather than maybe from activated, uh, maybe burdened reactive parts. Right. Yeah. So I I love what you're saying and, and just the messages in general regarding self and these qualities within us and within others. I feel like if everyone in the world had this 
mm-hmm. teaching mm-hmm. and real embodying of what self-energy feels like for them and that compassion for other people. I do feel like it could really have a huge impact in a positive way. Yes. Uh, yeah. So. That would, that's really my hope. So you writing this book and like you said, introducing this concept to children at a very young age, I think that's beautiful. Thank you. So we can start young. Yes. And so, you know, in the, at the end of the book, you include a mini meditation. Yes. And you also include a link at the bottom of that page to, and I'll list that in the show notes, but it's BetsyFenzelBooks.com where you can go there. And I think there's an even slightly longer meditation version. Yes. As well as, yeah, some other um, activities, which actually let's go ahead and talk about those if that's okay. And then maybe we can go into a guided meditation. Yeah. Great. Yeah. The ones that stood out for me on your list was because I was like, oh, I didn't even think about that was you were like, okay, the main character in the book sees her self-energy as golden butterflies Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because those are beautifully illustrated throughout the book. Mm -hmm. And you provide a worksheet that you can print out, I'm assuming, and and use with your Mm -hmm. children or, or kids that you know, or even yourself of like, what does your heart of gold look like? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, well, what was one really beautiful um, experience, this was a real journey of taking my story to become a book, was working with my illustrator, who is amazing, Julia Vasileva. She really turned my story into this really beautiful um, book. And um, so that was her idea. She wanted to represent the girl's heart of gold as butterflies, which Mm -hmm. I loved, you know. And, um, and so it got me thinking, you know, and kids really, you know, I mean, in my therapy room, my own kids, you know, kids really love being able to represent things visually and draw them and just another way of really understanding themselves. And so I wanted to provide that um, in this activity. So, and um, so, and it was really beautiful. My, my daughter, my middle daughter, who's uh, 10, she did it and she drew hers as like a singing bird, Aww. you know, and I, yeah, just so touching. And I, um, you know, I, when I'm thinking of myself, it's just this very bright light, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah, so I just, um, I love what kids have done with it and, um, and I want that to be accessible. So that's there. There's, there's also some breathing meditations related to heart of gold and then, um, and this meditation as well. Yeah. I really liked the breathing exercise. Mm-hmm. I thought that was yeah. really clever and especially good for children. But mm-hmm. again, I mean, I feel like these can be used with adults. It doesn't really matter the age, but especially for right. kids, the heart of gold breathing exercise, it's draw a heart in the air. Right. right? So it's mm-hmm. like, I think you said like inhale as you draw one side of the heart and then exhale as you draw right. the other side of the heart. And then do that again, maybe over here and then over there. And then you have this, you know, sky in front of you filled with hearts. And I think you also said you can like draw on your, right onto your chest, onto your chest, the heart. Mm -hmm. Oh, I think that's so sweet. Mm -hmm. I know (laughs) that's so sweet. And that helps add an element again of imagination, Mm -hmm. visualization, but then also movement with the body and then like touch. touch. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have the the meditation. And do you care to maybe guide us through the meditation sure. now? I'd love to. Okay. Yeah. All right. So 
Now let's take a moment to get to know your heart of gold. You can get comfortable sitting or lying down, depending on where you're listening to this from. I invite you to bring your open hand to your heart and rest it there. Take a deep breath and imagine the breath going straight to your heart. Let's see what you notice about your heart. Can you feel your heart? Maybe you feel some tingling. Maybe you hear it beating. Can you imagine what your heart looks like? In the story, the girl's heart looks like beautiful golden butterflies. What does your heart look like? Your heart is home for so many wonderful things about you. Your curiosity, your creativity, your kindness, your confidence and calm. Let's take a breath and bring in even more calm and confidence. Now take a breath to take in even more creativity and curiosity. And one more breath to take in love and kindness. Imagine all those good things filling up your heart. Now they are moving out of your heart and filling up your body. Now, like the girl's butterflies, they are moving out into the world for all to see. Say thank you to your heart of gold for all the beautiful things it holds and visit with it again soon. That's beautiful. Thank you for guiding me and the listeners through that. I was just able yeah, to close my eyes and really go through that. And one thing that came to my mind going through that meditation is when you then invited us to almost like radiate that, mm-hmm. that self energy. And I thought about this too, when I was reading it in the in the back of the book was, I don't know if you're familiar with the, I think it's called Tonglen, the Tonglen mm-hmm. type of meditation, yes. mm-hmm. where in that one specifically, it's when you breathe in, you're like breathing in kind of like someone else's pain and suffering. Mm-hmm. And then you're almost mm-hmm. like an air filter and then you're breathing right. out. Yeah. The uh, love and, mm-hmm. and, and calm and all of that. But that did, it kind of like brought me back to that a little bit mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of just kind of yeah, bringing awareness to and connecting with our heart of gold and what that might look like for each of us, that it's not the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. For each person. Like, right. I love that you're encouraging kids to to draw it with an image mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and to bring that type of connection and awareness to it. And then you invited it to just, yeah, radiate and move through the whole body and then to radiate out. And so, yeah, so that was just something that came to my mind as, yeah. as as I was going through that was kind of that, yeah, that Tonglen kind of process of knowing that we can be this radiating, right. this beacon of light and 
like they say in IFS, self-energy is contagious. <laughs> right. Exactly. No, I love that you're saying that. I hadn't thought of that. Actually, I think more I was pulling on meta meditation, which and is I was, that was the other one I was thinking of. Yeah. yeah. Like this idea that once we connect with our own loving presence, then how do we share that and connect with others? Yeah. 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 Tonglin and meta were the two that I yeah. was feeling just kind of that connection with. So mm-hmm. yeah, Beautiful. makes total sense. Yeah. I love it. Well, thank you so much again for guiding us through that. And, and again, it doesn't have to be an hour long meditation, no. right? I mean, yeah. it can be something that takes one to two minutes and mm-hmm. that really helps us feel connected again. That's right. To our hearts of gold. Anything you want to share with the listeners? in regards to services that you're currently providing ways in which people who are listening can maybe get involved with what you're doing. Great. Thank you. Um, yeah. So I am a therapist in the Washington DC area. I provide individual therapy to kids, teens, and adults. Um, and you can find that website at betsyfenzel.com. And then, um, now that I'm an author, I'm also very excited to do book reading. So I just read at my children's school last week, which was just so lovely. And I would love the opportunity to do that more. So available for that as well. And then my book as well is available to be purchased. So you can find all that information on BetsyFenzelBooks.com. Wonderful. And then you also have an Instagram at Books by Betsy Fenzel. And your email is Betsy at BetsyFenzel.com. That's right. Great. And I'll put all of those things in the show notes so people can go to that and click on whatever it is that they are interested in. I'm just so grateful that you wrote this book and that you are a part of extending this opportunity for kids, especially to bring awareness to their heart of gold and their self-energy. So thank you so much. Thank you so much, Natalie, for having me really. Another thing I feel like IFS has brought me is this amazing community of people. And, you know, I really appreciate meeting you and um, just sharing all these um, special, you know, you know, things that resonate for both of us. And I think that feel really important to both of us. I'm really, um, I was really excited to be here. So thank you. Thank you all so much for joining me today. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast give it a rating and leave a review. You can also follow me on Instagram at Natalie Deering and sign up for my newsletter on my website, ndwellnessservices.com to receive updates about podcast episodes, workshops, and more.